It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tactical Magic. I am here today with my good friend, Sharice Alexander, and I'm really excited that she's here because we uh, have a lot in common and she has some brilliant ideas and insights and inspiration for those of you who are entrepreneurs who are growing a business and especially those of you who are trying to go grow a business by selling products online and um, trying to strategically grow their audience and their list, um, which we talk about often on the show. But Sharice Alexander is a business networking coach who helps entrepreneurs create profitable partnerships through authentic connection. Sharice went from being a PhD candidate at an Ivy League school to being homeless in New York City at the height of the 2008 recession. That experience taught her that while achievements and degrees are something to be proud of, human connection is the most valuable asset that a person could have. Now she teaches entrepreneurs the power of making a micro impact one person at a time in order to grow their network and their business. Welcome, Sharice. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Molly. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. That sounds like a dramatic recession for you. Yeah, it was, it was very uh, dramatic, traumatic, a lot of experiences going on there. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world because of, of how I've grown through it. So it's kind of interesting. So I um, went to UCLA for undergrad and to NYU for grad school, and I was studying medical microbiology. So I am a germ expert, which is like the perfect time in this country to be a germ expert. And it's right now. And um, anyways, so at the time, I my big dream was to win the Nobel Prize and find a cure for AIDS. That's what I was going to do. I was going to just save the world and take it by storm. And um, I got to grad school and I realized like, I don't really like this. Like, I don't, I don't really like this. And the thing that I, the thing that I loved was science. The thing that I didn't love was the kind of impact I was able to make on society. In my mind, I thought it was like, I'm going to do this high level science and then create some, I don't know, miracle cures. And people are just going to be taking them left and right. And people are going to be getting healed. It's going to be like Bible times. Um, but that was just not at all how it goes. It takes years and years and years for the stuff that you're working on in, um, in science to actually do anything if it ever does. And so I looked, I went looking for something that had more impact, a more direct impact on people. Unfortunately, I went looking at the worst time in history at the time, which was 2008 during the recession. And, um, so I left grad school and I couldn't get a job anywhere, Molly. I mean, Starbucks, McDonald's, like nothing, like could not get a job. And so um, one night I ended up sleeping in like a truck, in like this moving truck, because I'd been evicted in the middle of a snowstorm. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, this is not, this was not my picture when I moved to New York from LA. This is not at all how I thought it was going to go. And it actually was really hard. Um, I ended up living in a shelter for a while, for about 18 months. And I remember one night in the shelter, the night that like kind of, changed everything. Um, this was maybe day three or so in the shelter and I'm laying on this bloody cot in this, and it wasn't my blood by the way. So it was just awful. And this like makeshift homeless shelter that used to be this big warehouse at the end of Brooklyn. And it was drafty and it was cold. And I'm in this little cubicle with a tiny little 
locker with, you know, a bag full of, of stuff. And I was just like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this or if you as the listeners have ever experienced this, but I could feel like my mind slipping away. You know, when people say like your mind breaks or people kind of lose their mind, I could feel myself losing my mind. Like it was going away. And I was just laying there kind of curled up whimpering on the bed. And I just had this thought, like, this is one of those moments where it's like a make or break. Either I stay here in this moment. Like I just let my mind go. I let this moment break me. And I, this is my identity from now on. Um, because there were people, there were women in that shelter who you could tell had been there for years, for years and years and years and had no intention of leaving. So that could be my life, you know, and, and at, the, at this time I'm 26 years old. So I'm like, this could be the rest of my life. If I choose that, this could be how it ends. Or I can take the stand and say that this will be the lowest point of my life right. and I will never be here again. So I can make that choice. And sitting there, I kind of thought about it and I, and I sniffled a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm not going to stay here. And I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And I just like, my mom told me in one of her brief moments of motherly wisdom, which is not usually her style. She's more of a like live and let live kind of girl. But she gave me this motherly wisdom. And she said, you know what? Um, because I, I had just gotten hired as a professor. Um, and this was like a Monday and I started this job on a Tuesday. And so my mom was like, look, if you don't take this opportunity, I think you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And she was absolutely right. So she was like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, you, should, you should take advantage of this if you can. If you can do it, if you can hang in there, then you should. And so that's what happened. So over the next 18 months, I was teaching as a professor in the daytime and going back to the homeless shelter at night. Um, and it wasn't the same shelter. I got upgraded to multiple shelters over the course of time. But, um, but that really taught me a lot about what's important and made me reevaluate re my priorities. And I realized that as awesome as achievements are and as awesome as things like education and all of that stuff is, that when, when all of that got kind of stripped away from me, all I had left were relationships. And that was the thing that I had been kind of sacrificing on the altar of achievement. So I don't know if you can relate to this, Molly, or if anyone listening can relate to this. You know, sometimes we kind of put those people we love to the side so that we can really grind hard. And ideally, it's for a short amount of time so we can spend more time with the people that we love. Um, but I was trying to be like the youngest Nobel laureate in history. So I was putting relationships off for like years and years and years and years until boom, you know, I landed in a spot where I had none of that achievement anymore. And I had to really like think, wow, what, what do I really value? If I was on my deathbed right now, would I be like, I wish I had another degree? No, I wouldn't. That's not what I would say. And, um, that kind of started this journey too towards entrepreneurialism because, um, right now as a business networking coach, one of the things I love is helping entrepreneurs connect with potential clients or mentors or just other peers um, in a deeper way, build relationships that also can help build their business because it's the same in business, right? People do business with people they know, like, and trust. They do business because of relationships, even big brands like Geico, like the Geico Gecko, or like, you know, I don't know, all state insurance. Like they all have like a, a face, like a brand to try to get people to like that person in order to do business with them. That's just how we're wired as humans. So. Um, yeah, so that was really the turning point for me to realize like, oh, relationships are important. <laughs> they are absolutely. And I love that we're bringing this conversation to the table because I think, especially in relation to online marketing, when the internet started and people started realizing all these different ways that they could be marketing online with ads and with email marketing, it has been a 
blast them until they buy situation. And more and more now that isn't working and that's not what people want to see and that's not what people respond to. And what they do respond to is human connection. So when we show up in the email inbox as a person sharing insights and wisdom rather than as a brand selling something um, or when we show up at a conference there to build relationships or when we show up as a human who you know might meet you on the phone or t send you a text or actually have points of contact with our people it's a lot easier to build that relationship and that's when people will actually invest in your programs or your products or your services or your courses and when that comes back to how we run our businesses there's only so many people we can reach no matter how we're doing our marketing that to start building relationships with other people this is sort of the beauty of how Sharice and I met. We were at a JVology, which is an event you'll hear about on a very soon upcoming episode. I've got JFizet coming in a couple of weeks. And it's all about building those relationships and building those connections with other entrepreneurs who are serving a similar audience or are serving the same people with a different um, solution. And that those people who have been like, falling in love with you and subscribing to your mission and your message and your vision might be ready for your services and some of them might not be. And so who else could serve those people? Not from a place of, I want to maximize how many sales come out of the people who follow me, but from, I want to connect with each person on my list or on my circle of influence and make sure that they're getting the resources that they need, whether that's me or whether that's somebody else. So will you tell us a little bit more about how business networking, how you've seen it, um, help your business or how you see it helping your clients' businesses? Yeah, definitely. And also like just to, to echo what you're saying about the importance of connecting with other um, business owners and entrepreneurs is that networking is about more than just like getting the sale, like you were saying. It's about really building relationships. And there are kind of three different types of people that it's important to build relationships with. And this is what I've used for my business this is what I recommend for other people. And one of the best ways is going to live events, like how you and I met at JBology live conferences or seminars or meetups or parties. Those are like the best way because I think people come across so much better in person than they do on paper or maybe on social, but Hey, if it's available, use all those media. Anyways, um, kind of the three types of relationships or the three types of people to be looking for are relationships with mentors, relationships with peers, with other people who are in the same situation as you, and then relationships with, with your audience, which could be potential clients, potential customers, or just people who love you. Maybe they're just like super fans. Maybe they're just cheerleaders and they just love everything you do and they share everything you do and they have nothing to do with your business, but they, they're just a fan and they are a supporter of you and we love those people. Um, so... I kind of have three tips for connecting better with, with those people. And maybe I'll focus on, on audiences because it's a little bit different with, um, with mentors because depending on who they are, it can be a little harder to reach them and there's a few little nuances there. But when it comes to connecting better with your audience, I have three tips that I'd like to share. Molly, is that okay? Okay, so my first tip is to listen. So if your people are giving you feedback on posts or in emails or in person, um, listen to what they have to say. And especially if they are like your super fans, um, Molly, I believe you've heard of the ask method, right? Are you a, an ask method graduate? Yeah. So, um, Ryan Lebeck's program talks a lot about the importance of asking, of asking your people what they want and, um, really listening to their feedback. Like, and that doesn't just mean negative stuff, but 
especially when people, those people who are your number one fans, your cheerleaders, whatever they say, do it. <laughs> whatever they want from you, give it to them because they're the people who are going to be cheering you on and carrying your banner. So that's my first tip is just listen. And if, if they're not saying anything, maybe you're not asking. So maybe ask and be open to hear what they have to say. Yeah. Um, number two, I would say is be vulnerable. And I, I am not the expert when it comes to vulnerability. That's not like my zone of genius. I will just admit that. Um, but when I'm saying vulnerable, I don't mean necessarily talking about hard things or sad things or challenging things from your past, but I mean more like just be open to be yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have something called the BFF principle. Whenever I meet a new person, I talk to them like they're my best friend. And that just breaks all the ice of the awkwardness. You know, when you first meet someone and you're like, hello, my name is Sharice and what is your name? And you're very like polished and professional or whatever. I just like threw that person in the trash. After I was homeless, I was like, hey, there's nobody to impress anymore. So <laughs> there's no reason. It doesn't mean anything. You could be like the smartest person in the world and be homeless. So, you know, just like treat everybody the same. Um, so the BFF principle is to just like kind of talk to people like they're your friends and that's going to help you feel more at ease because you're not trying to like figure out what to say or like, you know, be a certain way. And it's going to put other people at ease because now they don't feel weird or awkward or fake. They feel like, oh, maybe I could just be myself too. And like this person's cool. Um, and then the third thing, my third tip is to be weird. And I mean, be quirky, be odd, be off, be strange. Every sane person I know thinks they're a little bit weird. And the people who think they're normal, they're a little bit weird. So weird people is the normal, right? Like those things about you that you're like, oh, I hope nobody knows that, you know, I'm like obsessed with Star Trek. Um, or like, I hope nobody knows that um, I go to conventions and dress up in capes, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. You know, those things about you that you're like, oh, I kind of, oh, I don't, I don't, I hope people don't know that about me. That's like the exact thing people need to know about you um, within societal rules, of course. But like, <laughs> yeah, like, isn't that, like, it just, it just gives people more dimension and it really amps up that no like, and trust factor because people go, oh, you're a normal person. You're not this one-sided, like, I am business person, but you're just like a normal person. I remember my best friend, she, she has this dog. She, her whole life, she wanted a dog. When she um, moved away to Seattle and got married, her first purchase was a dog. <laughs> like before a house, any that, it was a dog. She had a little puppy, you know, she did all the research. And now she takes her dog to like dog shows. She doesn't put her dog in the shows yet. She just like goes to the shows. And one day she calls me and she's like, Sharice, I've become that person, a dog person, the kind of person who goes to a dog show and watches <laughs> all the little challenges. And I was like, Tracy, someone's got to be that person, right? Like, we need those people. Like that's not something to be embarrassed about. That's pretty cool, actually. It's delightful to know. I don't those know any other people who go to dog shows, right? <laughs> um, so, anyways, that's that's my third tip is to just be quirky, be weird. And uh, what do you think about that, Molly? I totally agree. Yeah. For a long time I thought I had to hide the fact that I was nomadic or that I lived in a van because people wouldn't take me as seriously as an entrepreneur. And the truth is most of the people who hire me and want to be my clients is because they desire a level of freedom that I've obviously attained through living my dream life every single day. I'm not currently in my van for those of you. If you can see me on video, I'm, I'm yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in my cute little office that my mom keeps for me at her house, um, which I'm just visiting her for a couple of weeks. But that is endearing about you. And I have a Star Wars tattoo and I'm not ashamed to say it because that is something that brings me passion. I'm a Jedi, I'm a warrior of the light. And I think when people own those parts of themselves, that 
that's when it becomes fun to do business when you start actually interacting as a human instead of as the robot. And here's the cool thing about what you said too, Molly, even people who are not Jedi, people who are not into Star Wars or people who are anti-Star Wars, right? People who are like, I don't want anything to do with that because I'm not part of pop culture or whatever. They've heard of it and they know what it is and they respect you for loving it. Yeah. Right. And it gets a conversation going, whether people love it, hate it, are indifferent. It's like, oh, this person's interesting. She's that Jedi girl. Yeah. She's that Jedi girl who lives in a van. <laughs> like, you're not vanilla. You're not just like, you know, business person number 17. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's And it's exciting to interact with people as humans rather than as the business that they run. And I think when it comes to networking B2B like that, when you're meeting other entrepreneurs or potentially other partners or um, even just people who are networking at the same place as you are, it's when you decide to be that human that they can actually connect with you. It's that opening of humanity and of vulnerability and of realness that allows a connection to take place at all. And really what we're looking for are friends who we can do business with, not people who we have to refer to. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. Totally. People who we, who we know, like, and trust, right. So that we can say, Hey, my good friend, so-and-so is doing this and I want to support them. And we can sound really sincere because we're really sincere. Yeah. We don't have to like pump it up with like stats because we have no emotion behind it. So yeah. We have to be like, Oh, 43% of the people were successful. You know, we can, we can really talk from the heart, which I think is really powerful. That's what always moves me. Totally. Like it's the testimonial section of the sales page. Right. That gets me yeah. because I'm always like social proof is important. People who took it. Yeah. Yeah. Are they really a person? Yeah. And I'll say also Sharice that you say you're not the queen of vulnerability, but you shared the darkest moment of your life or what could be one of the darkest moments of your life with such grace and poise and that didn't break you. And I think that the beauty of being willing to share our stories, the hardest moments of our stories, uh, especially once we've found our way out of them, that is what the world needs more of. That's the kind of connection and realness that gives people who are potentially homeless right now or who have been there, or who fear they'll go there, the hope to believe that that's not the end of the road, that there is more beyond that. So thank you for sharing yeah, that vulnerability with us. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It was horrible. And <laughs> during, during the time, like I was just so ashamed, like so ashamed, so humiliated, so ashamed. And, um, you know, I was on the track to becoming a PhD and then I was off that track and I had to go back to every single person I knew and tell them that I was no longer on that track because people would come to me and be like, Hey, there's Dr. Sharice. And I had to be like, actually, I'm not a doctor. And kind of what happened was, and it was just like, ugh. Yeah. So um, if you are going through it right now and you're listening to this, um, just know that it's not always going to be anyway. It's not always going to be bad. It's not always going to be good. Life is change and change is good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's a tunnel, not a cave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you've got something exciting coming up for those of you who are listening in real time. This is uh, March 2020 right now and March 23rd through 25th. Sharice, 23rd through 27th, excuse me. (laughs) Um, Want to tell us what's happening for you? Yes, I am so excited. I am doing a free five-day challenge on Facebook called Sell More Courses, which is not the sexiest title in the world, but pretty plain and clear, where I'm going to be sharing five, the five most powerful strategies for selling more courses online without using paid ads. And as you can imagine, being that I love connection, a lot of those 
different strategies are going to involve the power of leveraging connections. Awesome. I love it. I'm definitely going to check it out. And for those of you who aren't watching in real time or listening in real time, you can also check out the link in the show notes, which will take you if you just go to shereesalexander.com. The spelling of it is in the show notes for you. And you can find- You can also go to um, the beucrew.com. B-E-Y-O-U. The B-E-Y-O-U. Yep. Awesome. The BE crew. Love it. So that link is in the show notes. If you guys want to check it out, if you're listening to this in real time and you're growing a business online in any way, shape or form, I highly, highly, highly recommend you check out that five day challenge because it's free and it's only five days. So it's pretty easy micro commitment. See what can change for you in a week with the support of this brilliant woman right here. Um, and are you on Instagram or can people find the BU crew on Facebook? Yes. People can find the BU crew. My main location for the BU crew is YouTube. Okay. So check me out on YouTube and all my social links are posted there. Fabulous. So go check that out. Subscribe, rate, comment, review, whatever those things are on YouTube and, um, be sure to stay tuned because we've got another awesome episode of tactical magic coming next week. And whatever you do, keep asking big questions, taking bold action, focusing on connection. And remember that you're here for a reason. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic.